You're listening to the Goal Line Stand Podcast with Jackson Caudell and Kobe Reed, where we break down all things college football, including breaking news, recruiting, gameplay, and more. Let's get straight to it. Welcome back to another episode of the Goal Line Stand Podcast. That is Kobe Reed. This is Jackson Caldo. We're coming to you. This will be posted on Wednesday. We are recording on Tuesday. It's game week. Week three is coming up. We'll have our week three preview later. But we're just going to kind of just discuss some things just in college football right now, kind of our impressions the first couple weeks. we got best group of five team. We're going to discuss that because there's currently not a group of five team ranked. We're going to discuss kind of the different tiers of teams we're seeing right now. If Bama, Georgia, Ohio State is still clearly above the rest and just get into some other topics. But, you know, Kobe, how you doing, man? Doing good, bro. We're kind of we're in a spot in the season right now. I know it's early on, but there's so many questions up in the air, man. We don't know how good teams really are. Um, we got group of five teams beating power five teams and they're still not ranked. The AP poll is in shambles. We just got a lot to talk about, man. So hopefully we can knock some of that out today. Yeah, you know, Kentucky, perennial top 10 team. Um, Texas in Oregon are ranked for I don't know what reason. Like, this, like I, I try not to be the AP poll guy every week because, like, ultimately it doesn't matter. But this one just really bugged me. And we were talking about it before the show. Like, there's just so many things that don't make sense about it. And it literally uh, – we can discuss it just for a second here because it dropped in the middle of our um, week one – or week two recap, sorry. But, you know – Texas A&M being ranked, App State not being ranked. You know, I think Marshall not being ranked bugs some people. Like, mm-hmm. Kentucky being in the top ten was aggravating to me. Like, is there anything else that stood out to you about it? Um, I mean, as far as the top ten, Kentucky is really the only team. They jumped up 11 spots. I, I think – I don't blame them for doing that this week. I think it's because they over-exaggerated Florida last week. So when you have Florida ranked at number 12 or number 13 last week, and then you have Kentucky, I think they were ranked 20, and they beat them. Even then, it's like I don't think you sh- you put them in the top 10, but also you have teams like A&M and all them that lose. So, I mean, where do you put them? I don't think you should have put them over Arkansas. I don't think Arkansas has done anything wrong to make you think that Kentucky is just a better team. But – and then if you're looking at the back end, I like BYU jumped up nine spots. I think that is good for them. They had a really good win against Baylor. Um, but, yeah, really just the group of five schools. I mean, Oregon got 89 votes, and they got Oregon at 25. Marshall had 85 votes. Cincinnati had 80. App State had 80. Kansas State has 77. North Carolina has 71. And then they had Mississippi State with 43 votes, which, honestly, Mississippi State could probably beat all of those teams. So it's just I don't I don't know we question the playoff committee all the time but I, we got to question the AP poll what goes into their algorithm whenever they're trying to determine who should be in the top twenty five. Well, that's what I was about to ask you. Do you think it's just laziness? Like, okay, I got to fill this ballot out. Texas A and M was number six for the season. I can't unrank them, but I can't rank them too high. So twenty four. Same thing with Oregon. Like, why is Oregon ranked? Why, yeah. why is Oregon ranked at all? Like. They beat and they beat a way overmatched opponent, and then they got absolutely throttled. And, and like, and I know Georgia's different, but like, not a lot of teams can hang with Georgia, but they yeah. shouldn't. Ranked. Like that, what North Carolina's done is more impressive. App State just went on the road and beat a team that you think is the twenty fourth best team in the country. So it just then, never like you got you got schools like that. Oregon going up, A and M dropping eighteen, but still being ranked. 
Kentucky moving up 11-9 spots. Then there's Texas. They left them at 21. They didn't move them. Right. Well, they weren't. No, they did move them. They moved them up. Oh, did they? Was it ranked? Oh, that's right. Oh, they, crap. And that's another thing. Like, I think playing Bama tough, especially Bama out of anybody tough is commendable. Mm-hmm. I'm not moving you up for losing. I, I, don't, I don't like. Did we? And especially move? now that your actual starting QB is out. I mean, yeah, like I think I, I have a, a different opinion of Texas now. Like I, I wish Ewers hadn't got hurt so we could see what this team could really be because yeah, there's a chance they drop some like Texas Tech on the road. That's going to be tough. Like, but you know, UTSA, I don't know. I don't know that UTSA is all that good. You know, yeah. they played some close games, but you know, there's they also play West Virginia, but I just, I just don't believe in moving teams up for losing. It just, I don't care who it is, you know. Yeah. So, that well, was, hey, look, let me know. ask you this. They got them ranked at 17 and 18. They got Baylor at 17, Florida at 18. Who wins that game in a neutral site right now? Baylor. You I, think so? I, yeah, just seeing Anthony Richardson struggle against Mark Stoops' defense, I, I know I was a little down on Baylor before the year, but I regard David Randa as one of the three best defensive minds in college football. I just would trust Baylor to put in a game plan there to really stress Florida. And Baylor on the line of scrimmage, offensive and defensive lines, is very, very good. And we've talked at length about Florida's depth issues, especially on the defensive front. Like, I just – I think Baylor would wear them down. I know I said the same thing in the Utah game. If Utah knew how to run a play from the five-yard line, they'd have won that game. So, yep. I, w- I would probably pick Baylor right now. But I don't have a problem with them either one of them being there. Like, I would have Florida ranked. That's where Florida should be ranked. That's where they should have been ranked. Like, they shouldn't have been at 12. It's yeah. just a way overreaction. But yeah, I agree with you. So, yeah, so we gave out our top four after each week just based on that. I had B- BYU at four. He had Oklahoma at four. But that's just purely based off just two weeks. We kind of, like, just discussing the tiers in college football right now, because I think that's just kind of a hot topic is, okay, there's clearly a top tier. And then how, what do you do with everybody else? And how, how big is the gap between them? So I guess we'll start off with the top, very top tier. I'm assuming it's going to be the same for both of us. I still think it's a three the team. The big three. Yeah. Yeah. With Georgia, Bama, Ohio state. I, I have questions about Bama and Ohio State right now. I, I think how could you not? Like, especially with Notre Dame losing to Marshall, that's raised some eyebrows to me about Ohio State a little bit. Like, was that a really good defensive performance? Or yeah. does Notre Dame's offense just stink? Um, obviously, yeah. Texas could just be a really good team when healthy. I think that's a possibility we might not be realizing. But I do think it's noteworthy that, you know, this just felt – we talked about it on the pod the other day. This just felt eerily similar to the Auburn and LSU games last year for Alabama yep. where maybe Texas isn't that good, but Alabama is just deficient in some areas and kind of exposing it a little bit. Alabama that, on the road just hasn't been what it is. Right. It, we can't just walk in anywhere and dominate like we used to. So on the road against Florida last year, LSU, Auburn, on the road, Bama just hasn't been it unless we're playing in Atlanta. Like that's the only – that's the only away place where we can actually perform. But so I just, saw this stat and I wanted to ask you about it just as a Bama fan. So three of the last four games against power five opponents, it's been Auburn, Georgia in the SEC title game, Georgia in the national title game in Texas. You've lost, you haven't played. It's just, and a lot of those you haven't mm-hmm. played exactly well. Is that like concerning at all? Or is that just like, okay, we're good. 
I just I hadn't, I hadn't thought about I, it. I feel like the context behind it. Maybe this is this is just me being a homer. Auburn, anything can happen. We've seen the best Alabama teams walk into Auburn and lose. Like that just happened. Auburn, that's their Super Bowl. Their season is predicated on if they beat Bama. So that happening, and especially it looks horrible because Bo Nix didn't even play. It was TJ Finley, but. I think last year, and I think this kind of plays into the part of the national championship, when you lose Jamison Williams, and I think that's why we are struggling this year, at least we struggled against Texas, we don't have elite speed at wide receiver anymore. We don't have Judy, Ruggs, Smith, Waddle, Jamison. We don't have that. So whenever we transition to being a more spread out, open offense with Tua, Mac Jones was able to do it. We had guys that can do it. We don't, we didn't have any guys, at least against Georgia, that could do it. Uh, I mean, Mechie went for 150 yards against Auburn, but we, he wasn't the downfield threat. He was the third and 10. We need to get across the middle, make it happen. And then against, obviously against Texas, Jermaine Burton's locked up the entire game. Trayshawn Holden, Ja'Cory Brooks, Kobe Prentice. It's it's weird because obviously you saw what we did against the generational Georgia defense in the SC championship when we had Williams and even Mechie got hurt before the half. So it, it does bother me, but also I think everybody else is I think everybody else is catching up. I don't think that the Saban dynasty is over. I think he can still pull out one or two before he finally retires. But everybody else is catching up, especially in recruiting. Georgia Kirby's figured it out. Yeah. Um, Texas, they got good athletes, man. They really do. Their defense surprised me because they're flying around the football, bringing pressure on the quarterback. I think it's a matter of everybody else has finally catch up, and it isn't just Alabama juggernaut versus everybody else. <laughs> yeah, it, like to me, it's, I wish we just had more data points to go off of. Like, I just I don't know if Texas is good or not. Like, if I knew definitively if like, Texas was good or not that I could judge Alabama a little bit more because like if that game was a neutral site game do you think it still ends up that way cuz I I think the crowd did play a pretty good factor in that home game I do too I, to me I just going back and rewatching it like to me the viewers being out really turned cuz they just and you know Hudson Card was out there limping around I don't think he was like, there were some no. receivers open and he just didn't hit hit his receivers I think the one thing you can't count on is the penalties. Like Bama just having that, and it was in situation like it was third down, Bama penalty, mm-hmm. deep in the red zone, Bama penalty. Like that's something you can't count on. But like yeah. you, yours was looking good early on, and yeah, I'm not he was making plays. They win that game if he's healthy, but I, I think it's a very real possibility. So there's just so many different factors. Like, well, also, I mean, I think Texas had ten red zone opportunities. Bama also gave them a hundred yard, a hundred penalty yards. So if you count that in half, do they even make it to the red zone that many times? Probably not. But yeah. again, you know, what what quarter was it when you got hurt? Was it the first? Or was it I think it was first. Yeah. So that's the thing is, it's also that was so early in the game. You know, even the penalties coming on later, it's just mm-hmm. it's, there's so many what ifs about this game. I think we're just gonna have to see these teams play it out. And even I mean, if, what if that what if that safety call ended up being a safety instead of an incomplete pass or whatever? And it's still, you know, Alabama. You know, they're not gonna be they're not gonna face another top team till they go on the road and play Arkansas at the first of October because you got ULM and Vanderbilt. They got a couple weeks to figure this out. Yeah. Um, and then they hit a Arkansas, A and M, Tennessee, Mississippi State stretch where. Some of those issues, if they pop back up again, maybe we really need to start questioning this team. I still think I'm not going to doubt Alabama. It's just not. It's just not going to yeah. happen. 
Kentucky right now. Um, I guess going let, let's transition that talk to Ohio State. Like it's still I, I need to see more from them. I, I, it's just the Notre Dame game is concerning me a little bit right now because I left that game thinking, okay, I was glad Ohio I, to see Ohio State win that game. They played physical, they ran the ball, they shut them down on defense. But Notre Dame's offense is terrible. Like it's yeah. Really bad, and here the the thing with this is even in some of their other big games, like these offenses are not like they play Wisconsin not this Saturday but next. Like Wisconsin's offense is not going to scare them. Yeah. You know their other Big Ten West game, it's against Iowa, the team that scored seven points in each of their first two games. Um, you know Michigan State and Penn State possibly, but like I think we're we're probably in. This may be me retracting a little bit from just the, the before the season. I think we may be heading towards an eleven and 11 and zero showdown um, in the Big Ten. Do you have any thoughts on Ohio State just so far, and if they're still? Well, let me ask you this, uh, and this is just a thought. I mean, I think Ohio State's good. I think they're definitely top three, and I think you put them against any team outside of the top three, they probably win. Their level of play, especially offensively, are we overhyping that? Because before the season, me and you were like, man, against Notre Dame, they're going to air it out. It might be 50 to nothing. Like, we're over, are we overhyping them because of what we saw them do to Utah in the bowl game last year? I, I do think a little bit because, you know, I do think some context is important. Utah was at the top few defense backs because they had to play a running back at corner in that game. So, yeah. but it was, it's not just Utah. Like they did this to a lot of teams last year. You know, I mean, CJ Stroud threw for nearly 500 yards on Oregon and that he made a couple of mistakes in that game, but it wasn't like that Oregon shut them down. Like he threw for 400 something yards on Michigan, but the, yeah. their defense just stunk at, at different times last year. I think it may be to the point we hyped them up too much. And even if they deliver really good results, we'll be like, okay, well, you didn't hit what we thought you were going to hit. You you weren't one of the greatest offenses of all time. You didn't score 50 a game. And I do think, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba and Julian Fleming were both out last Saturday. So, and he, yeah. and Smith and Jigba didn't even really play against Notre Dame. Neither did Fleming. So I do think that context is important. And, you couple that with losing Alave and Wilson, and some of these guys are still young, like some, and they're top talent, and it's Ohio State, but yeah. these, some of these guys are still pretty young. So I think it's going to be, I trust them to figure it out. Like I'll have to see them if they struggle against like Wisconsin or something like that, might be okay. I've got yeah. concerns here, but because Jim Jim Leonard's, I think one of the best. Like like I was saying about David Randa, like I, I think. Yeah. He's, best defensive minds in football. So we'll, we'll see what he can dial up. But I guess let's get to that second tier, you know, like maybe not top, top good, but playoff contenders, you know, yeah. if they play off, can they do anything? Like who do you have right there? Cause I, I've got four teams right now that I've seen through two weeks. Uh, I'm going to narrow it down because, and this is just me being me. I got Clemson in their own tier, but they're right under this tier. Because if you put Clemson against these three teams, I'm about to say, I don't think they win. But if you put them against the rest, I feel like Clemson could win just because of that defense. So for that next tier, I'm only going to have three teams. I got Oklahoma at number one. I really like Oklahoma. I love Dylan Gabriel. I love what Britt Venables is doing. It's a new, it's a whole new system, and I love it because it, it seems like a more physical brand of Oklahoma football. And we love to see that. We didn't really see that with Lincoln Riley era. Of course they had the stellar offenses. Um, 
but we never saw them have a defense where you're like, okay, this is formidable. You know what I'm saying? I got Oklahoma. At number two, I got Michigan. I'm really high on Michigan this year, and if somebody's going to knock off Ohio State, it will be Michigan. Uh, originally, I was Michigan State. I feel I felt like they were the second-best team going into the uh, year this year in the Big Ten. But Michigan, I mean, granted, their schedule for their first five weeks isn't the best, but if they figure quarterback out, and it seems like they have, they're going to be scary. So I really like Michigan. And then at that third team, I got USC. Like we talk about, it. you're not quite ready to pull the trigger on USC yet. I know it's a Lincoln Riley team. Uh, they're decent. Like I said, Oklahoma's defenses weren't great, and I don't think this USC defense is great. But you put that USC offense against just about any team in the country, they're going to put up points. I mean, they're going to air it out. They're going to find a way. They got playmakers at every level. I like USC right there to finish out that tier. So it's funny that you said all that. That. That's my second tier two in a little bit of a different order because after watching them play against Stanford, I do think USC's offense is good enough to be in that tier. I've got them last in this second tier right now just because of the defense. I think Michigan's kind of in their own tier right now. Like I, I, I know I picked Penn State at the beginning of the year, but I think one of my main reasons was I was scared they were going to play McNamara, just Jim Harbaugh mm-hmm. and stubborn and like and and like. Cade McNamara did good things. Like he, he beat Ohio State last year. He got them to the playoff and won the Big Ten title game. But you saw in the Georgia game, like, okay, if we want to beat Georgia or Alabama, we're gonna have to find a like a difference maker at quarterback. I think JJ McCarthy yeah. is that difference maker. I think is the the perfect thing for Michigan is this early schedule. And it's like what they're doing in these teams, like, yes, they play Hawaii. And I've seen some people say, Well, Vanderbilt put more points on Hawaii. Yeah, Michigan did this in a half. Like they yeah. quit. I, I saw some of that game. They quit. Like they had fifty-six to ten. They got it there. They absolutely quit. They were playing guys I've never heard of at quarterback. Like yep. it was total domination. And they should. Like they're forty-eight point favorites against UConn this week. So they're doing what they should do. I, they, they've got plenty of time to to figure it out. Especially replacing guys like Hutchinson, Ajabo, Daxton Hill. Like they have plenty of time. Because that Iowa game, you know, I talked about it at the beginning of the year. Michigan has struggled on the road playing Iowa. They're going to beat their brains in in a few weeks. Like, it's not going to – like, Iowa looks more putrid than usual offensively. Yeah. Maybe if you think Maryland can score some points, they do play next Saturday. I just – Maryland's not stopping them. I trust Michigan no. stops. They have back-to-back games against Penn State, Michigan State. That's going to define whether – is Michigan truly in their own tier – maybe a notch below the other three, but kind of in their own space. Because right now I trust Michigan more than I trust Clemson, even though I think Clemson's defense may be a bit better. If, if McCarthy is a difference maker, I think he's a quarterback. I think Michigan will beat Clemson. So I've got yep. Michigan kind of in their own tier. And then I've got followed by Clemson, Oklahoma, and USC. I still I want to see more from Oklahoma, and we're going to get that in a few weeks when they play Kansas State, which is a, an upset trap, I think, for them. And I still stand by my statement. I, I feel like the Big 12 is still going to have a multi-loss champion. I, I haven't moved off that. Like, I think Oklahoma can get to the playoff. I don't think they're going to do anything when they get there. But, like, I think they can get there. Um, so, I guess we both have that second tier. You know, obviously, we could just tear all these teams. Like, who are the teams kind of on the outside looking in that you think can enter that second tier? Like, <laughs> um. Number one, probably Arkansas. I love Sam Pittman, man. Like I, I was hyping them in our preseason previews, man. I think they're the second best team in the West, and I think that's pretty evident now that A and M lost. Uh, I've always been high on Arkansas. 
I like KJ Jefferson. They, it seems like they can do whatever they want. I've seen him have games where he has 350 passing yards and 50 rushing yards. And then you have games like last weekend where I think maybe he had not even 200 passing yards, but he was efficient through 18 for 21 and they won the game pretty comfortably. So it's just, I like Arkansas and I like what they do. And I think they are one of those very well coached teams. The offensive line unit is going to be good. They're going to have a running game. And their defense is going to be physical no matter if they don't have the talented pieces on defense. They're going to be physical, and they're going to make it hard. So I, I like Arkansas right there. Let's um, see. I'm going to put in my pick. I like Michigan State. I think I think a, any male Tucker coach team you can throw into that equation, like a fringe top 10, top 8 team, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and then probably Oklahoma State. I can't count them out. Now, every year I do it. I count out Oklahoma State, and somehow they just have a consistent 9 or 10 or maybe even 11-win season. So right there, right behind them, I'd have to go with those three teams. See, me and you are different. I buy I, Oklahoma State pisses me off because when I buy into them, they like, – <laughs> like, I'm, I've been pretty good. I have a pretty good track record of picking champions of late. I've picked the last uh-huh. two. I picked Georgia last year, and I picked Bama the year before. The year I picked Bama to win it in 2020 – I had Oklahoma State to play off with Chuba Hubbard, Tylen Wallace, well, COVID year. That was just, that's kind of a you put an asterisk, you know. They still made me mad. Like I still I'm not over <laughs> that. And there's the the year I think it was maybe 2016 or 2017, maybe with the year they had Mason Rudolph and I, I, yep. picked, I picked them to go to the playoff. They started the season out like number seven or number eight. They drop off, and then the years I'm not on them, like last year, they do well. So uh, Oklahoma State, I'm not. The, I'm, I don't have them in that next year. I've only got two teams in that kind of outward looking in, and one of them is Arkansas. Like their ground game mm-hmm. been dominant so far. It's been really good, and you know they get Texas A and M in a, in a couple weeks. I don't. I've got no idea what to expect out of them either. They, we'll talk mm-hmm. more about their game against Miami this week, but I do have Arkansas. I've been really impressed. I I worry that the injuries in the secondary are going to catch up to them here at some point because some of those guys are done for the year. Like the, and it's just, you know, Spencer Rattler threw for, for a, a lot of yards on them. And that, that does kind of concern me a little bit, but so far so good. They're going to destroy Missouri state this week. They'll get Texas A&M and Alabama back to back. We'll, we'll see about Arkansas. And also they've got a trip. To the other team I have on the outside looking in, and the team I talked about Sunday that I'm really high on, and that's BYU. Um, just you know, I think Baylor's a quality team. I've liked what I've seen from them so far, and just and this will transition to our next topic about just BYU in general. Their their schedule is setting up for a, a possible run here. Like they they have a tricky te- they they are underdogs, believe it or not, at Oregon this week, but. They do have – the Notre Dame game has lost a lot of luster, whatever you want to say, because Notre Dame just – they look terrible right now. Yep. Like we've talked about. But after that, Wyoming, Utah State, they get Arkansas at home. They need Arkansas to only be a – they need their only loss to be to Bama. Or yep. it would be better for them if they beat Alabama and come into Provo for a big game. Right? But after that, at Liberty, East Carolina, at Boise State, Utah Tech. I didn't know there was such a thing. <laughs> and then finished the year on the road at Stanford. Yeah. I think if they can survive this week, if 
just depending on how Arkansas does, I think this is a fringe playoff contender, just the way their schedule is given up. I just wanted to have yeah. a little BYU conversation. I know they're, they've been kind of a hot topic, and I know I'll say all this, and they're going to go lose to Oregon this weekend. But I, See, I'm that's really where – that's where I'm at. I can't pull the trigger on BYU because as bad as Oregon looks, I feel like Oregon can just pull this game and actually blow it out of the water. I just don't trust BYU, I guess is what I'm saying. So if they can get past Oregon, like you said, going to the Arkansas game, looking really good, playing efficient football. Cause they, I saw a lot. I heard, I heard some rumbles about them after week one. And then especially after they beat Baylor, they look a little good now. So if they can go in and beat an Oregon team, I, I feel like I'd be comfortable saying they're right there in that upper tier with the USC's with the um, Oklahoma's and the, um, who else I say Michigan. I feel like they could be right there on the outside of that looking in. Yeah. And like, to me, what was most impressive was they did it without their top two receivers. Cause I don't know if people know much about Gunnar Romney or, or, or I don't want to butcher his name, so I'm not going to say it. I, that Those two are really good. Like they're going to play in the yeah. NFL. Type receivers. They're not going to be first round picks, but they're going to play like they're difference makers and huge in that BYU offense. And they're also replacing one of the best running backs in the country last year, Tyler Algier, who's on the Falcons. Then they're, they're still figuring it out a little bit. I, I, I expect big things from this team. My opinion of Oregon has never been that high. So I, I we'll talk more about that game later this week, but I, I think this is a team that more people need to start just paying attention to and, and keeping an eye on to possibly be that, uh, that next team. So, yeah. Uh, just so while we're on the topic of Notre Dame, just we've mentioned them a few times. Tyler Buckner out for the year. What 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 do you think this team's outlook is like? Are, are they going to miss a bowl game? I mean, even when he was there, they looked horrible. They if they make a bowl game, that's the best they can do this year, and that sounds horrible. And honestly, I think it just goes to show. We always said. A Brian Kelly Notre Dame team is overrated for making the playoffs every year they did. Um, and with just a lot of people don't like them in general because they don't have to play a conference championship. So I understand all of that, but the success Brian Kelly had is very much overlooked because look at them now. And I understand it's Marcus Freeman, his first job as a head coach, and it's going to take some growing pains, but nobody expected them to come out and look like this, even with their starting quarterback being healthy. And now that they don't even have him, they might as well put their star tight end at quarterback. I don't know who else they have on that offense, but if they make a bowl game, I will actually be surprised. I don't think they make a bowl game this year. Like their schedule would have to really pan out for them to do so. But I mean, they still got played teams like USC. I mean, I, they still got to play Clemson. Yeah, like there, there's at least three or four more losses on this schedule. Do you think there's a chance – because like you just said, even when Buckner was in, this offense hasn't been good. Do you think there's a chance Drew Pine, who's the guy coming in, mm-hmm. maybe to get better? Like do you think there, that there's a chance of that? Maybe yeah. Drew Pine's just better. My my thing is, like, I just don't think these offensive players outside of Michael Mayer are that good. We talked about it on on the, the reaction pod. Like, I just don't think that this offense is – I think the defense is good. Like, um, so just – I guess here's the schedule the rest of the way. They got Cal this Saturday at North Carolina, bye week, BYU, Stanford, UNLV, at Syracuse, Clemson, at Navy, Boston College, at USC. The only two games I'll say I just don't think they can win is USC Clemson. I'm close to putting BYU in that category, oddly enough. Like, I didn't think I'd say that at the beginning of the year, but I really trust BYU in that spot right now. 
okay, if they lose those three games, that's five losses. Yeah. I mean, like lose two more and you're on the, the verge of missing the bowl. And I think I think they could lose to, to North Carolina and Chapel Hill. And I think they could lose to Syracuse right now, the way Syracuse is playing. Yeah. But I yeah. trust to win games like Navy, Boston College, UNLV. And I still – that Stanford game could be kind of interesting because Stanford looked somewhat decent against they, – they looked a little better than I thought they would against USC. Yeah, it's it's going to take some growing pains. And if they can make it through this year, I think Notre Dame, they got a top five recruiting class right now. They got two very high caliber four-star receivers coming in. They got another guy that's a top 200 uh, receiver coming in. They got a lot of defensive talent coming in. If Marcus, if Marcus Freeman can make it through this year, I feel like they will be not very good next year, but they will be better off. I mm-hmm. feel like Brian or uh, Marcus Freeman is just having to deal with Brian Kelly's scraps that he left behind. I feel like Brian Kelly knew what he was doing. Um, yeah, this year there's just so many games, and like I'm will I'm willing to throw BYU in there with the Clemson and USC conversation because I don't think Notre Dame beats BYU right now. I don't like Oregon. Oregon is bad, but I feel like Oregon can just pull something out of out of the air and win that game. Even then, I feel like BYU can still beat Notre Dame just because that's how lackluster this team is. And plus, one thing about Oregon is, is Oregon bad or is it just Georgia? Is Georgia just that good? I think that's one thing we could learn about Oregon. I think it's personally, I think it's a bit of both. I think Georgia's that good, and I also think Oregon is not as good as people thought they'd be. But I don't think so. If I'll tell you what it is. If there was any other quarterback not named Bo Nick starting for Oregon, I would feel more comfortable with, with them. Well, I think that's I what it is. I don't know how comfortable I'd feel with Ty Thompson either because Ty Thompson has no. not been able to beat out Anthony Brown. He couldn't beat out Tyler Shuck, Shuck in 2020, and he can't beat out Bo Nix. Those are yeah. three below-average quarterbacks, and he yeah. can't – I don't know what I – I don't think Ty Thompson's that good. Yeah. Like, if you put Anthony Brown on this Oregon team – that play Georgia, they still get smoked, but I feel like they fare better than what Bo Nix went out there and did. To me, this is – I think this is kind of the same Oregon team as it was last year. Like, even when they beat Ohio State afterwards, like, yeah. they they lost to a terrible Stanford team. They almost lost to a bad Cal team. Like, they really played it thin, but enough talk about Oregon. We'll talk about that yeah. more this week. So, the last topic we're going to hit on today is just talk about the group of five in general. You know, we talked about the AP poll just a little bit ago. There's no group of five team ranked in it. And it's a little surprisingly, and that was all anybody could talk about Saturday was Marshall beating Notre Dame, App State beating Texas A&M, Georgia Southern beating ne- Nebraska. I know that's not the same caliber because Nebraska sucks. But they, yeah. um, so who do you think is the best group of five team? I guess it's kind of the lead up to this because I think it's – in the years past, we've had it. It's just been kind of everybody knew Cincinnati was the best group of five team. We've had it in years past with UCF, you know, the year they went undefeated. Even the year after when they played LSU, they had an undefeated regular season. Everybody just assumed, well, this is easily the best group of five team. Who do you think that is right now? Do you think it's App State or do you think it's by like Marshall or Cincinnati still out there? Georgia Southern. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Not a chance. No, I do think it's, I do think it's App State. They are just, because I had – we talked about it in our preview. I thought App State could very well beat UNC. Anytime I see App State play a Power 5 school, the upset factor is there. I mean, they played Georgia a couple of years ago, and Georgia won the game pretty handedly, but it still looked very – they were playing a tough team. I think they are still figuring out quarterback positioning and that kind of stuff. But 
<clears throat> anytime App State plays, I never count them out. I just can't do it. So I think App State, I think they're the most fearsome team to play. Now, do they have the best players on the field? No. Out of any group of five team, I think it's Cincinnati. I think they have the better, more talented team in the group, in group of five. But App State, I, I, if I were a betting man, I'd be more comfortable betting on them to be any other non-power five school in the country. Yeah. I, here's one thing I've been just asking myself. So Cincinnati to me was really impressive against Arkansas, a team that we yeah. both think is in a, is in that kind of tier three on the outside looking into the real contenders. App State beat A&M. I guess what's more impressive to you, App State beating A&M or since like we both think Arkansas is better than Texas A&M right now. Cincinnati keeping it closer with Arkansas in a back and forth or App State beating yeah. A&M. It, yeah, we were impressed by Cincinnati and I loved the physicality they played with in that game because I didn't even expect it to be close. But the win over A&M, I mean, you think about the recruiting class they just brought in. That recruiting class alone, they could make a team out of and it still be a more talented team than anything App State could put on the field. It's yeah. just App State winning that game against the team everybody's been saying is the second best team in the West. They're the ones that could overcome Bama. And maybe this is just me being upset as a Bama fan that they even hyped A&M like that. I, I That win against A&M, it's I, if App State were to run the table and finish with only one loss, you could go back and look at that A&M win and think App State could very well be ranked in the top ten by the end of this year. And I think that win would put them there. I also think there's a scenario in which Texas A&M seven and five, and we're looking at that. Yeah, it's a good win, but it's you know because we talked before the show about A&M stretched. They got Miami coming to town this week. That's a losable game. They play. Arkansas neutral site. We both think pretty highly of Arkansas right now. That's a very yeah. losable game. They play at Mississippi State. That's a losable game. I've been high on Mississippi State. I think I think Mississippi State is a better team right now. Um, yeah. And then they play Alabama on the road. And like it seems weird saying Al- I like I definitely think Alabama is going to smack them around based off Alabama struggling a little bit with Texas when I said the same thing. But Alabama is going to smack them around. Like just hang. Hey, I King. think the motivation Alabama has going into that right. game is going to be that's the that's the the different factor there. So these next four games are going to tell us all we need to know about Texas a And if they lose three out of four, or who knows, maybe they lose all four, then yeah. I, I just I'm worried about where that App State win, what that looks like. And I think maybe Cincinnati's loss, yeah. as weird as it is to say, could look a little bit more impressive. But one team I want to touch on that's flying a little bit under the radar. Um, Coastal Carolina. I know they've been kind of the yeah. hot thing the past couple of years. They beat Army week one. And that, like, I know people, Army, uh, whatever, but the Army's good. Like, Army's been winning eight, nine games consistently over the years. Um, I'm not, I don't know if they'll, I think they do play App State here November 3rd. I think that could be the game that decides the Sunbelt Conference. And I guess, I should also mention Marshall because I think you know if there's any Marshall Marshall fans out here listening, um, they'll be mad we haven't talked about him yet. But Marshall's schedule is yeah. really favorable right now. Like I think we do this every time somebody gets a big win. Oh, their schedule looks easier. SWS twelve and zero. But at Bowling Green, Bowling Green's terrible. At Troy, I don't know how good Troy is to be honest. I guess we'll see this weekend. Game day is going to Boone, North Carolina for the App State Troy game. So Gardner Webb. 
Louisiana, at James Madison, Coastal Carolina, at Old Dominion, App State, at Georgia Southern, and they finish up with Georgia State. I guess it just, you know, we'll we'll see what Marshall does. I, I think there's a chance they could get up and get this New Year's Six game. Um, yeah. I think that one thing I'll say about this whole group of five thing is the AAC, the conference that kind of reigns over this year in and year out, hasn't looked great so far. Like, you know, they don't have any big wins. You know, UCF, they were favored in that game. They dropped a dub to Louisville. They they didn't look great. Yeah. Um, Cincinnati, while we commend them for the loss, but we also have to say they lost the game. They didn't win that game. So they, they have to go out and prove it in other games. Um, Houston, they were the, the, the preseason favorite and everything. They just lost to Texas Tech. They kind of got a tricky spot this week against Kansas. Like they're only nine point favorite yeah. in that game. And I don't know, like Kansas, Kansas is kind of annoying to play, especially the style that they play. Like they, they better be careful this weekend, but, um, any other thoughts just on this group of five race? Well, obviously it's going to develop. We're only two weeks into this, but Marshall yeah. and Mike are obviously going to stand out for their wins. I still think people are coastals flying under the radar. They have one of the best quarterbacks in the country in Grayson McCall. Yeah. Love Jamie Chadwell as a head coach. So, any, any other thoughts on Group of Five before we get out of here? Um, not that they play anybody significant, and I don't think they could pull off a big enough win to make some national attention. I don't think they play a good enough team on their schedule. Watch out for Air Force. I like watch out for Air Force. They're a good football team, and they're not going to pass the ball. They are going to run it down your throat and still put up forty on you. That's very hard to do in a football game. Mm-hmm. Um, they go. I think the biggest game they got on their schedule is Boise State later uh, in late October. Mm-hmm. The way Boise State's playing, I mean, I I don't know, man. Just be on the lookout for Air Force. I agree with you totally. I was on the Air Force. I, I liked Air Force before the season, and I think Colorado might be the worst Power Five team in the country. Like I think they're worse yeah. than Kansas or Vanderbilt. But just when a when a group of five team goes and beats a power five team because they by they thirty wrecked, yeah they wrecked Colorado that that's I think worth paying attention to but I also think Air Force is worth looking out for but the thing is we're still early in this we've we've got a long yeah. way to go. but it's 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 fun to talk about because one of these teams is going to get a chance at the end of the year for a group of uh, the New Year's Six Bowl but. That's going to do it for our show today. We will have our preview pod later in the week. We're going to make our pick for all the games. Michigan State, Washington, Texas A&M, Miami, Oregon, BYU. We're going to have all of it. Kobe, you got anything else before we get out of here? No, man. Just excited for another week of college football, brother. That is Kobe Reed. That is Jackson Cotto. Go follow us on Twitter.